forever. Dog. Hi, Anna. Hi, Andrew. And hey, everybody else. Welcome to our podcast. Scary Scary Stories stories to Tell on the Pod. It is a podcast, believe it or not, about scary stories, urban legends, spooky things you tell us about. And it's a comedy podcast by two funny, fearful people uh, who like laughing about things that scare them. Right? That's about it. That's exactly it. We also do, like, laptop repair. Um (laughs) We're notaries. We um, we can diagnose lice in children up to the age of ten. Yeah, can't do anything about it, but we can certainly diagnose it. We can say that's like your kid has lice. You got hair bugs. You got hair. We'll say it like we're grossed out. Um, <laughs> pretty much any job we have, but mostly it's comedy and podcast and ghost. That's very true. Uh, and hey, it's chatty and not very well researched. So if that's your vibe, hey, more power to you. Happy trails. Uh, but here we're sort of um, we're sort of the two people who didn't do their fair share of the group project, but they still have a lot of opinions. Yeah, we definitely like if the group project was like to like work on a fern, we would be like <laughs> we go to camp where there are ferns. <laughs> this is making so we me think feel connection, but we didn't really do any work. I think my most disastrous group project was in fifth grade. Um, we were just assigned like group science fair projects, which to me is a disaster. Like it's even more stressful than just doing one by yourself. And um, I was paired with a very smart kid who had sort of like grand plans for um, like a, a magnet uh, subway system, like a miniature magnet subway system. Oh. And it just for 11 year olds, like we just couldn't get it right. And it was as though our funding got pulled. Our teacher was finally like, you guys, we're just going to make new groups because nothing good will come of this. <laughs> oh, she was scared. You were getting too close. I think she yeah. worked for big non-magnet train. Big non-magnet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is one of our sponsors this month. That um, is true. Non-magnets. It doesn't stick together and it doesn't get pushed apart. It does nothing. My- Mind your own damn business with non <laughs> Uh How are you doing, Anna? I'm all right. I'm like sleepy because I've had time to rest. You know that thing. <laughs> oh, deeply. Anytime I take um, a nap, it's backwards. Oh, yeah. Backwards nap. Um, Jason and I have had lots of weird dreams about each other. Oh. Um, we'll wake up and be like, you acted out of character and tried to throw my laptop in a lake. And then he'd be like, yeah, something very similar that you did. Um, (laughs) Really, it's just because uh, there's less sunlight and we watched one episode of Hoarders a few weeks ago that felt like us in the future. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, Um, I feel that. How are you, Andrew? I'm doing well. Uh, Yeah, we're like we're thickly in the middle of of holiday season now. So it's. Thick December, baby. Yeah, it's it's been funny. So I'm doing this thing where I'm I'm making it entirely an Etsy Christmas for oh. like, for gift purchases, which cool. uniformly I've had nothing but very good experiences. An eerie thing did happen to me, Anna, where um I ordered they, they're not a sponsor or anything, but they're just they just make cool t-shirts. Uh this company called Future Monsters. 
and uh-huh. I found some really good shirts on there for gifts. And um, with my order, there came a sticker. And Anna, the sticker looks just like me as a werewolf. It is. I'm going to send you a picture right now. Okay, please. It's a lot. It's a lot to deal with. And I know it's not. It's not even just wishful thinking. In fact, I noticed it, but I didn't say anything about it. And then Chris saw it on the table and was like, "This sticker looks just like you." Oh my god! Okay, sending now. Oh, Andrew. Yeah, isn't this weird? It's you as a, a werewolf. Yeah, it's kind of me as like an Eddie Munster as a rebellious teen werewolf. I think this is definitely a Riverdale werewolf. <laughs> this is bad boy Riverdale. Anything Andrew can Farmer happen in werewolf. Riverdale. Yeah, this is. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> That's a theme song for Riverdale, right? Anything can happen in Riverdale. That's it. Well, one day I was minding my business, and then my friend was like, "My name is Archie." <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, today Anna is a Monday. It's a Monday, and it's time to read a scary story from Alvin Schwartz and Stephen Gamble's "Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark" series. There's no way around it. It's mm-hmm. time. It's happening now. You know this. Um. If you fast forwarded through the banter, stop now. <laughs> um. <laughs> I get it. We get it. Um, this story, we'll just get right into it. This is from the second book in the series called More Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Very straightforward. Great. It's just what it's just what it's called. Let us know what the it's product just, is. Yeah. It's more of them. <laughs> um, the story is from the um first section in the book mm-hmm. called When She Saw Him, She Screamed and Ran. And the story is Actually, the very first story in the book, Woo. and it is called Something Was Wrong. One morning, John Sullivan found himself walking along a street downtown. He could not explain what he was doing there or how he got there or where he had been earlier. He didn't even know what time it was. I mean, tag yourself. <laughs> he saw a woman walking toward him and stopped her. I'm afraid I forgot my watch, he said and smiled. Can you tell me the time? When she saw him, she screamed and ran. Then John Sullivan noticed that other people were afraid of him. When they saw him coming, they flattened themselves against a building or ran across the street to stay out of his way. There must be something wrong with me, John Sullivan thought. I'd better go home. He hailed a taxi, but the driver took one look at him and sped away. John Sullivan did not understand what was going on, and it scared him. Maybe somebody at home can come and get me, he thought. He found a telephone and called his wife, but a voice he did not recognize answered. Is Mrs. Sullivan there? he asked. No, she is at a funeral, the voice said. Mr. Sullivan was killed yesterday in an accident downtown. (gasps) Oh! And that's the spooky end. Wow. Um, and then the illustration is one of my faves. Yeah. Um, maybe we say this about all of them, but it is, it looks like he's in some sort of like British sort of catacomb, like, you know how like there'll be a street and there's like an arch to get to another alley or something. Oh yeah. Um, it's that. And then there, there's like one of them that the guy is in. And then on the left side, there's a little jail window. And the other side, there's another smaller sort of arch, and it's him reaching for a payphone. And it's he's very 
it's all very Stephen Gamble mist, st- some Stephen Gamble roots, mm-hmm. uh, an absolutely characteristic Stephen Gamble drip coming from above the payphone. That's right. And it it looks like he's just been sketched with some ash mm-hmm. and his eyes are all blacked out like he's, um, you know, the lead singer of, uh, say, a, a My Chemical Romance. Very much a My Chemical. This feels like a My yeah. Chemical Romance music video. It does. Um, and he's wearing like a jacket and it looks a little bit like he has wings. That's like, true. Black wings. That must be somewhat purposeful. Andrew, let's okay, let's go back and go through this. So yeah, I'd love that. He's walking downtown. And like this feeling of not knowing where you are, or what time it is. Like I felt this way every single day. Uh for most of my life, but especially this year. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. If if I'm walking down the street, it's I think that this must be like how it felt the first time I had to like deposit a check at the bank in COVID time. <laughs> Yeah, I I'd like, like the money for to go in. <laughs> it also, I have a th- like. Here's a quick thought. Um, if you're living in a time period where uh, payphones exist and everyone knows you're dead, like the fact that everyone in this town knows he's dead, he was some. He was big news. Oh, that's so interesting. I assumed that they were scared of him because he looked mashed up oh that's a good point that's a very good i point. never consider considered that um maybe this is about our our truest underlining underlying um self-esteem the two of us this was a little <laughs> bit of a rorschach it turns out you think you're famous and i think i'm mashed up <laughs> see i think i i think i err on the side of more mashed up than famous Interesting. Um, well, i think i assume i assume i don't know why but in my head i was like this person's Tony Blair. I don't know why I thought that. <laughs> it doesn't not look like him. I know. I just I I just watched The Queen, which may be, you know, which might be. Oh, the, interesting. Yeah, when you got when you finish The Crown a little too fast and you got The Queen Wansies, you can watch The Queen. The Queen Wansies. <laughs> we are watching The Crown, and Princess Diana just showed up, and it was hard not to woo. It's uh, yeah. It really it feels like um this is must be what people who see Marvel superhero movies feel like when a when a, like a tertiary character pops up like wow. oh yeah when they're like that's the blam bambit and you're like <laughs> I couldn't care if I tried, <laughs> Jason. <laughs> the blam bambit is a great superhero name, by the way. Yeah. Um. He's he's all beige and he plays chess. This is that's very scary, though, Anna, the idea of him being mashed up and walking down the street. That's what I pictured. And that's why, like, literally everyone, including the taxi driver and the people on the street were running out of the way or flattening yeah. up against a wall. Makes a lot of sense. Um, Yeah. It also is like where it says, I'm afraid I forgot my watch. Can you tell me the time is like, did his watch fly off on the impact? Oh. Like he got hit by the car. Yikes. That is um, scary. Yeah. And like, was he, part of me was like, oh, is he a zombie walking around? But no, because they had the funeral. Right. Oh, Also the funeral the next day. Yeah. That must be, I wonder if that's a deal when you've, when you've kind of got a roughed up body. Maybe. Like, we got to act soon. Um, I also, Virgin. another thought, Anna, is that he is like, um, sort of transparent ghost. Yes. I think that's ultimately what it is. I think he's either transparent, maybe transparent and a little uh, bloody. 
Oh, that's okay. I always think that's unfair when a ghost looks like how they looked when they died. That's like come on, not come fair. on, ghost. We need to think Look, of a better policy. I just this past evening, gentle listener, I wanted a glass of water from the kitchen, and all the lights were off, and all I could think of was bent neck lady from Haunting a Hill House and. <laughs> reader i jumped into bed and said oh no <laughs> i'm scared of the ghost and that ghost looked roughed up yeah that was definitely a roughed up ghost Ugh, too much it's like um, that policy is like if you had to get married in the clothes and hairstyle you wore for your driver's license picture it just feels like unnecessary that rule is unnecessary <laughs> yeah it's not fair at least <laughs> at least get your your best looking pick get the best and get the best angle best hair yeah yeah. Um, I personally think you should only ever have to look nice once in your life and then pass like a looking nice test. And then you just have a looking nice license that like you show people and then they have to base their opinion of you off of that. <laughs> um, but that's not about the story. No. Yeah. Oh, just again about the like deliriousness. I think that there's nothing scarier than feeling like you're losing your mind. Yes. Like that is definitely the thing that scares me the most uh, on a macro sense is the idea that like one day you'll go crazy. It's the worst. Um, not being able to explain how you got somewhere is very spooky. Um, I've been there where I was so out of my mind tired that I got off the elevator at work and didn't know what building I was in. Yeah. Um, I was going to share as like a fun, what spooky thing happened to you this week? And then realize that that was actually really troubling. Um, (laughs) Although, Anna, I will say when you told me that story, it did make me think of, I was doing this um, run of a, of a, like a drag show epic where we were all playing different Meryl Streep characters. Mm -hmm. And I, I was so overworked and under, I was about to say undereaten. That's not what I meant. I was so hungry and overworked and I had gotten no sleep that I left the theater and I went straight to a deli to get a sandwich. And I was like, everyone is looking at me like I'm insane. Like what's happening? And I realized I had not taken off my Meryl Streep makeup and it was Meryl Streep from August Osage County. And I couldn't have looked more like it was very good makeup done by Daniel Dabdub. And it looked, I mean, it looked like I was a ghoul. And that oh was a God. that was an abrupt. I didn't realize until I tasted makeup when I was eating my sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Bad. I assume from cheek from sandwich being really big, the <laughs> scrape side exactly. cheek, exactly. and then Those went into street mouth. cheeks. Street cheeks. Um. Oh my God. We've been there. What mm. we're saying is John Sullivan. We've been there. We haven't been dead yet. Yeah. And the idea of just going home, like he really thinks he fixed it. He's like. Whoa, maybe I ghost. I know what I'll do. I'll go home and I won't be ghost anymore. You idiot. That's very scary. Also a ghost using a phone. I don't like thinking about that. (laughs) Yeah, it is weird to think that he is it a ghost phone. (laughs) How could he pick it up? How could he use his little fingers? I know ghost. The the corporeality of ghost is so fickle, you know, like it is. When are you solid? When can you phase through stuff? Do you have ghost quarters? (laughs) Collect. Ghost collect. Ghost collect. Yeah. <laughs> um, one, six, six. Um, I, I left off the last six for, for, um, for any devoutly religious listeners. Thank who don't want to hear that. Um, but I have to say, Andrew, I don't know if you relate to this at all, but I was a late cell phone adopter. Very I didn't have a cell so. phone yeah. until I think 2005. 
Yeah. So I am no stranger to using a payphone to call my parents collect to say that I was ready to be picked up because, yeah, (laughs) I also didn't drive until I was 18. And this is why we found each other. We could sense this exact situation in each other as 18 year olds being like two two weak, unconnected (laughs) (laughs) non-drivers who borrow bodies. That is very, very true. Yep. I borrowed so many friends cell phones. Um, I mean, and then I didn't have an iPhone for forever. I was using a flip phone. I was using friends iPhones to write Facebook statuses, which is the saddest thing I've ever said in my life. Oh my God. Is that true? It's true. When I was, uh, yeah, oh. whenever I was, do- whenever, whenever I was like away from my computer and I was like, I've got an idea. I'd ask Evan Watkins, any number of people oh to use their iPhone. <laughs> nightmare. True nightmare. As a generation, we have failed. <laughs> Nothing happened. When our grandparents were our age, they were having sex with boats. And what are we doing? <laughs> Calling our boats from our friends' phones. Yeah. Had a funny boat idea. Can I borrow your phone, please? (laughs) To tell a boat that you had a boat idea. (laughs) Hi. (laughs) God. Anyway. um, Are there still payphones in the fronts of high schools? A teen, please tell us. I don't know. A teen or a teacher? Weirdly, there are those now, instead of where payphones were, there are just like little like caves to to use your own cell phone in. That I find confusing. Come on. This is is the gig economy. You don't even give us a payphone. (laughs) So, okay. He tries to get in the taxi. This also feels like, uh, it feels like it's about privilege too. Mm -hmm. He's like, wow, people aren't being nice to me. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. The the concept of people like crossing the street to not have to see you or like pressing themselves up against a wall when you, yeah. I mean, that's a pretty dramatic reaction though. It's crazy. Um, Maybe it's just like, he's he, a woman who just turned 30. Like freaking ghoul. It's a shrieking demon. <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah. I also, I, another thing that occurred, I, I'm realizing, so this was the first of the books that I had, we, the second book. Oh. And this is the first story in that book. So I think this is the first story that I remember hearing from these books. Um, So this was my introduction to that trope of a dead person who doesn't know they're dead, which is oh, very Oh yeah. What do you think about that? I remember, I remember yeah, I remember being probably three years old and thinking, well, now that was not what I was expecting. Um, I also had a lot of questions about all these stories. I think probably a big one was that when a character had a first and last name in a story, I don't think I understood fiction versus nonfiction yet. And so I, <laughs> I would be like, but who is John Sullivan? And they'd be like the character in the story. And they'd be like, right, but who is he? Do we know him? <laughs> like, Oh, my God. That really got me. This is like in the host where if you make up a person, then they're real. Yeah. Can't do that. Can't make up a a false spirit. Can't. Um, Oh, another scary movie that I thought would make me less scared. Yeah. To watch more. I'm proud of you for watching that though. I love, I watched it twice, which I will say it helped if you're a person who's very scared of things. If you watch it twice, then Mm -hmm. you're like, oh, this is a movie. Right. Someone made this. I watched, Um, um. uh, I guess this is uh, – you know what? I'm going to save it for my scary thing that happened to me this week. Okay. Sorry, okay. Continue. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I remember 
this to me reminds me a lot of the appointment. Um, oh, you're right. The the son seeing death, and then the grandfather sends him to the city with his truck. Mm-hmm. Um, and then grandfather's like, "Why did you? Why are you hollering at my grandson?" And death is like, "No, it was just weird to see him." Oh, it was death beckoned at his grandson. Yeah. So why are you beckoning him? And he's so young. He's like, "Oh, I was just surprised to see him. I had an appointment with him this afternoon in the city." Very scary. Yeah, the idea that. Which is not exactly the same sort of story, but just the idea that like death is so um, sort of blasé and quotidian that like you wouldn't know if it happened or like, right. oh, yeah, it's going to happen. Just this idea that anyone is going to die. I think it's like, OK, try to this might not make any sense and this might be fully stupid. <laughs> but to me, like dead people are the ones who are dead. And the idea that alive people would someday become dead mm-hmm. is weird. And those are two stories about alive people becoming dead people, right. like categorically dead. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, we that's the thing. We have that sort of transference of who we are. Like we all, we all engage with like coming of age stories or like stories about transitioning from one part of our life to the other. But the thing we have no context for of what it's like is like transitioning from life to afterlife, which is very scary. And so like, it's sort of like, you don't know you've become a teenager in a moment, you know, like you just sort of suddenly transition into that. And then one day you're like, Oh, right. I can't play with toys on the floor of my bedroom anymore. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I can't go Oh, when I see a dog, (laughs) my man. (laughs) Yeah. I had that. That was the the transition that I didn't realize I had passed was like um, the idea of being at a friend's house now and it being late and being like, I'll just crash on your floor. It's late. I've passed that. And I, I can't point to the, I can't point to when that happened, but I have passed that point. That's so funny. I was just talking to our friend, Anastasia Magudis, a great oh, yes. costume designer about like how both of our moms had uh, inexplicably, uh, like extreme views about us not being able to sleep over our friends' houses for no reason. <laughs> like the idea of sleeping over a friend's house was like absolutely not. Of course not. Like what will happen? <laughs> they live indoors. <laughs> like yeah, anyway. my I my brothers always um always kind of resented uh the fact that I was allowed to sleep over at friends' houses well after they were allowed to. But I think it's because my friends were lame. Like we weren't getting up to cool things. Your brothers were classic, like holding a football, wearing a jacket. Yes. And and their friends all had cars and everything was kind of cool. And we lived in a small town. The people had lake houses. Like my my friends were like, let's watch Mr. Bean. Like that was the vibe. (laughs) If your kid's a beaniac, they're fine. (laughs) Nothing will befall them. No, that's the thing. (laughs) It's like we did it. There was nothing. There was nothing I could even point to. I mean, there may be like three instances where I was like, ah, my parents wouldn't be so crazy about that. But I wasn't getting up to shenanigans whatsoever. You guys, you guys were making paper mache bog mummies. That's true. Although I guess the thing is, like, even with that, uh, you know, we were still held at gunpoint, you know, from playing hide and go seek outside that one time. So trouble will find you when you're a teen, I guess, at a sleepover. Yeah, if you go outside. Yeah, you got to stay indoors. Got to stay indoors and not look in any sock drawers or under the bed. <laughs> God I'm only just... knows what you'll find in a sock drawer, especially in a parent's bedroom. Dildo guns? <laughs> the only two things. Um, Anna, who would we cast? 
I love this question, Andrew. I think there's a lot of opportunity for day player theater with all of these. Um, oh, yeah. The people on the street. I could definitely see Olivia Coleman sort of being a part of this. Oh, great. As a, as a as, just a passerby or maybe the cab driver. As a pass, as a lady cab driver. And she's like, and maybe she's pulling like a Southern accent. She's like, welcome to the party cab. We got two rules. Have fun and be yourself. Oh, my God. <laughs> damn it. No. <laughs> Oh, imagine if it was the cash cab that he tried to pull over. <laughs> it's scariest that this story takes place in 2012. <laughs> it's very it's spooky true. Time. Um, yeah, I um, like I love Olivia Coleman in there. I, yeah, I, I really love the idea of prestige support British players. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know why the first person who came to mind was Dennis Leary. Oh, my Am God. Am I okay? Is, that, yeah. is everything okay with me? Rescue me from being dead, you know? Yeah. Um, someone who's like, who's like, I'm not dead, you know? Right. That's true. Um, someone who would, someone who would think it unthinkable that they were dead. Yeah. Um, what about you, Andrew? Who are you thinking? Um, okay. For John Sullivan, um, I'm going to say, no, I was about to say Joaquin Phoenix. That's not who I want. Um, no, he'd milk it too much. You want someone who, I feel like he would tip it that he's dead. Yeah. Oh, it would be too much. Yeah. Don Cheadle. It's Don Cheadle. Oh, Don Cheadle's not dead. No, no, no. But Don Cheadle's who I want in I know. that. Like, well, that, that's why I'm saying he's perfect. Oh, right, right. Yes. Like, you don't see him and think Don Cheadle's dead. Yeah. And it also, it just makes sense for him to be like, he's some, I, I imagine this movie would be from the POV of John Sullivan. Like you wouldn't see him until the very end. Yeah, he would look in a mirror, and then you'd see that he goes. Yeah, and I, I just think Don Cheadle has a great voice, too. He does. He's great. Yeah, big believer. I love that. Um, I could also see it going young. I could see, like, um, you know, the, the little boy from Modern Family. Oh, wow. Yeah, like, But he's playing, he's playing, like, a man in his 40s. Oh, wow. I like the idea of this being, like... Um, it's sort of like when a middle school does a play entirely populated by adults yeah. <laughs> and, and the reveal is it's just a 13 year old boy in a, in a terrible Halloween adventure oh mustache. Well, now I'm thinking of pen 15 season two. I know that, the magic of that <laughs> will never leave me. Just the fact all of the super serious plays I did when I was 12 years old. So insane. I played a Quaker in a in a play about the Underground Railroad, and no, no. my lines were all about you know what the Quakers believe, and it's just and I was, I remember being in this, being like, I mean, I could I could be on Broadway, like I could win an Oscar for this exactly. play. I could I, they, this could be a major promotion. Oh yeah, um, um, yeah, I like I like all that, and finally, who would who would be the person who picks up the phone? That's a really good question. Um, who's the most famous person on the planet? Um, Kim Kardashian. It's Kim Kardashian. I think it's Kim Kardashian. <laughs> Imagine it's a voice he doesn't recognize. That's very true. Did the concept of being a ghost and calling your spouse and then Kim Kardashian entering, <laughs> answering the, the revelation that your spouse, the person who your spouse was like, my husband's dead, come over right now, was Kim Kardashian. I mean, what a what a gag. 
and that mostly you're like okay i'm a ghost but oh my god uh, uh, hi i don't want to say i'm a big fan because i feel like i've only said mean things about you but this is still like an event like i'm excited that makes me think of um there was a there was a an nyu student who was there at the same time we were anna who had a story about um calling who she thought was uh david bowie's like press person and then david bowie answered the phone <laughs> no fuck. and was like Oh no, you want Barbara. And she was like, uh, it was just. (laughs) Oh fuck. That would ruin my day. (laughs) Accidentally talk to David Bowie. I know. It's too much. I I need to be prepared for that. I think about that story all the time. I, I, she told it to me on a trolley, the NYU like trolley and I'll never forget (laughs) it. (laughs) Pretty funny. Anna, thank you for bringing this story. This is a classic one that I'm, once again, I'm pleasantly surprised we had we had not yet covered. Oh, yes. I love this story. I'm delighted to do it for you all. And hey, if you've got some um, holiday-related scary stories, you can always email them to us at scarystorypod at gmail.com. That's true. And you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram at scarystory underscore pod. Wow. Wow. Oh, Anna, before we go... Um, did anything scary happen to you this week? Oh God. Um, yes. Oh yeah. We were at the dog park and this, um, really rambunctious dog, uh, tried to eat Ladybird, <gasps> and I had to snatch her up off the ground. And then the dog tried to eat her out of my arms. Good God. And I heard myself scream. Um, whose dog is this? <laughs> So the scary thing is I've become that woman at the dog park and I didn't intend for that to happen for another 20 years minimum. <laughs> Whose dog is this? Please. I became uh Margaret Thatcher. My jewels. Uh, my jewels. <laughs> That's good. Uh, so and the guy came over and didn't say anything he just like grabbed the dog by a collar and then threw a ball and I was oh, like God. I guess that that's the right thing to do for the dog that you're not like punishing it but like your dog almost ate my dog <laughs> I'm so glad she didn't get ate Ugh, it was probably fine but it was just like she's so little I know and she don't have legs she's got feet stuck to her body <laughs> She That's, got little ankle knees. That has to be on her mind all the time. That like someone could just <laughs> passively eat me. Just her internal monologue is I'm small. <laughs> I'm food. I'm a hot dog. <laughs> um, Andrew, did anything spooky happen to you this week? Okay. Yes. I know it's lame to, to say like a thing that I watched that was scary, but I watched the original um, mini series version of Salem's Lot, which I think is from like 1979. Oh. Oh, there's a scary thumbnail for that on Shutter. Yes, that's the, the thumbnail. So scary. That, you noting that when we were when we were going through movies was I was like, oh, you know what? I've only ever seen clips of that. It is dated and long and slow, but there are several moments in it that are really nightmare inducing. Um, there's Can you just this. One? So I'll just see. Yeah, I'll just see one. There's this recurring thing that happens where when kids turn into vampires, they like float up to the window of like Ugh. other kids and Ugh. they don't even say anything. They just sort of claw at the window and they're smiling yeah. and they put these like reflective mirror contacts in these kids' eyes. Oh. And just everything about it is so upsetting. And if I had seen it as a kid, it would have just wrecked me. Um, 
which good work, Joe Beth mm-hmm. and Duncan Farmer, for not letting me rent it as a kid. Because, yeah, this would have done unspeakable damage. They put their feet down. Yeah, good thing you were a werewolf kid and not a vampire kid. Yeah, I agree. You're, you're far less likely to be traumatized by a werewolf movie than a vampire movie, I think. <laughs> What's possible for werewolves, the, 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 the ceiling's a lot lower. Vampires <laughs> can float, they can fly, they can screech, they can, they can kiss. A werewolf's just going to eat you. You're going to tear off your skin. You're going to grow fangs. You're going to run. <laughs> the real horror run. of werewolfry is running. It's, ugh. That's why werewolves all have small boobs. Because they, <laughs> they gotta run. Can't have a werewolf who's like, my only good sport bra is in the wash. <laughs> well, Anna, um, a real treat as always. Andrew, you're the treat and the trash. And everybody else, get, get out. out. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Scary Stories to Tell on the Pod is executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Produced by Tracy Soren. Original theme music by Chris Ryan. Cover art by Bats Langley. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcasts.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcasts on YouTube at youtube.com slash team, And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Forever Dog Team to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news.